Hello and welcome to Coffee Lovers Radio. Joseph here with Jesse. Howdy oh. doody, Joseph. Howdy, howdy. We are back again with a, another From the Hopper for y'all. Another busy summer. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We were kind of anticipating some of this, so it's a fun thing to go back and listen to these episodes independently. And That's true. That, but This has been a summer of reminiscing. So like we, because we marked our five years. because we didn't like, do early anything. On the <laughs> <laughs> All we can think about is what we processed a year ago. Uh, that could be the case. I mean, so the episode that we actually want to share with you today uh the bloom is our second most popular episode it was a really fun episode yeah i think about it all the time actually uh, and looking back at the old episodes we wanted to share with you a variety of of selections so not just like some of our favorites and some of the oldest ones but also like some of the most popular ones because now we got some like new listeners here and not everyone is going to go back and listen to every single episode but this was definitely one of our most popular episodes and in it all about the bloom we right experimented with bloom times uh it wasn't just like, like what's the blooming time right yeah what is the blooming what is the blooming time <laughs> uh yeah it all started from a mistake i think we definitely talked and yeah i know we definitely talked that's about right this in the episode so i don't want to spoil it too much but um yeah it, it was, was an accident on his mind and, yeah. and walked away mid bloom that's right uh it was an accident and it ended up pretty tasty Apparently, there's enough going on where uh, I forgot about brewing the coffee and ended up doing a bloom for like five minutes. And it created some really interesting results. And now this is a practice that I use if I have a coffee and I'm like not enjoying the results I get from it. Or especially I you find it angry at it and leave it there on your <laughs> counter and come back to it five minutes later. That's after, right. After you put your coffee into timeout, a bloom in timeout. <laughs> That's right. A bloom in timeout. <laughs> uh, I find it especially useful with older coffees for whatever reason. Longer bloom? Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Because I was thinking the opposite today. I was trying to figure out why there wasn't a bloom on this coffee, and I realized it was seven weeks old. Well, it's not that, like, it has less visual bloom, but I let it sit there longer. And maybe there's a couple things happening, because it does do useful things I've noticed since then, because I've experimented with this a lot more. Like, it's useful with really fresh coffee, because you give more time for all the gas to escape. Right. But I think... There's a different thing happening as well, because with the older coffees, I'm imagining what's happening is I'm giving the coffee enough time to be ready to extract everything that's possible. Right. Like, it's I don't know. It feels, more like the water. it feels like there's been a lot of science that's kind of come out with the new pre-infusion and stuff like that on the espresso machine since we did this, or it's kind of part of that, which is why we're talking about it, I guess. But yeah, that's true. This is all sort of practice that we're all taking in now. Yeah, we don't have, like, any scientific research on this. We're just literally playing around with our brews and right but old coffee that's been well degassed like that's gonna it doesn't have it doesn't restrict the flow as much right there's not as much particulates and bloom that's that's kind of slowing it down and so i bet that there's you're not necessarily slowing down the flow rate but you're just increasing the amount of time in contact with the water that could be bloom yeah so you're kind of able to get into there more yeah yeah that's a good point maybe that's what's going on maybe we don't even need to play the episode well no we absolutely do yeah we probably should yeah what else is everybody going to do? <laughs> so thank you so much for listening. This is a From the Hopper, episode 82, The Bloom. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to Coffee Lovers Radio. Joseph here. Jesse Nelson. Bright and early. Mostly it's, slurly. It's still not technically first thing in the morning, as, as we know, because you haven't received the first thing in the morning delivery. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those days where the delivery is one of those weeks, apparently. First thing does not mean first thing. No, but this is actually my first coffee. I didn't make coffee this morning because I knew that... Glad we had the water ready for you. Yeah, that's always a good thing. What are we drinking? This is the Myanmar, right? Yeah. And uh, you brewed it with the Chemex. 
Yep. And we did a little experimentation. But yeah, before we get into that, you want to tell me uh, how you brewed this? Tell me about the tell me about the the bloom specifically. Right, because we were messing with the bloom, or that's that's the hypothesis here that we're talking about. So basically, the basic recipe for this Chemex was uh, 40 grams of coffee to 650 grams of water. Um, but for the bloom, the bloom is where you let the coffee grounds kind of get exposed to the water at the very beginning to let the kind of gases and stuff, you know, release yeah. and then start the start the brewing process. But you don't want it to, you don't want to add too much water because you don't want to start actually like letting the water flush through. So you mm. kind of put like a one to one ratio in there. So uh, before we continue on that, uh, just just getting uh, talking a little bit more in detail on the, that part of the bloom. So when I initially got into coffee and I started learning about all this stuff, you know, you learn about the bloom and the idea, as you said, is it allows gases to release. Now my initial thought process was, okay, that's stuff you don't want in your brewed coffee, right? And that's why you're doing this whole bloom. Mm -hmm. And maybe there is some of that to it, but I've I've more shifted to the understanding now that you allow the gases to release so that that releasing of gas doesn't disrupt the brewing process when you actually get into the brewing. Oh, Each I see. Of those is because it, it causes a lot of agitation, right? It I can. Think, is that accurate or? I think I think they're both a little true. I mean, I think I think you want some. You know, the CO two and nitrogen don't taste that great mm -hmm. in there, so you want that to be released. And I think for fresher coffee, you can you know let it let it bloom to get that out of there. Uh, but I think the brewing process itself, especially in like Chemex um, or even in Kalita as well with that flat bottom, I think that, that too much gas, especially on fresher coffee, like it is going to disrupt the the brewing. It's mm -hmm. just not going to, the pour over process isn't going to work as well because gotcha. it kind of pops up and gets around the sides a little bit more and doesn't quite extract right. evenly. So, Well, I could see um, that being more of an effect in a, in a Chemex, maybe more so than a Kalita, just because the Kalita wave, like um, going to the effect of channeling. Mm -hmm. Like, you can get channeling in a Chemex. Supposedly, the Kalita wave eliminates that by yeah. not having one particular route for the water, having restricted flow and all these other, like, flat bottom and that sort right. of thing. I mean, I think and that goes to something else that we were talking about while we were brewing these. But I think, I think the other important thing to remember about the bloom is it also lets you kind of initiate the brewing process and getting the coffee wet so it's starting brewing without mm -hmm. actually, you know, pulling all that out you want because you want those sugars and you want those fats to to get a little bit more attention with the water so that they can release it gets a little sweeter true and in order for the water to actually extract anything from the coffee the coffee has to be saturated right like and the it, first water that passes through the coffee is not extracting anything it's saturated. right and you've seen that now on like the home automatic machines where they have little bloom settings you know where they can you know and certainly on the Fetco and the Curtis, like the big batch brewers, the fancier mm -hmm. batch brewers, they, they have that setting so that the water stops, you know, pushing through the coffee for right. a few seconds. So, so we're making funny faces at each other because these two cups side by side are pretty so, different. They are so different. Um, uh, so before and they're identical. That, like we, it's, I don't know, we did a lot of, yeah, do a I lot mean, of Chemexes. We picked it because it's, I do have them pretty consistent, but these were all within a gram, less than a gram of margin on either one. Um, exact same coffee, weighted coffee and. So the, the kind of experiment that we're doing, this all started from a bit of a happy accident, and it's different from Francis's story. Oh, yeah. But, so what, what happened is, it, every morning I have a bit of a routine in the morning, uh, and, you know, making breakfast, uh, making coffee, and then I sit down and I write. Well, sometimes I'm, like, wanting to get into doing the stuff, doing the writing, like, 
I don't want to wait around. I just want to get into it because there's stuff on my mind, whatever. Mm -hmm. So I'll set the water on and then I'll open the computer genius. and start going. Yeah. And then I'll start brewing and then I'll, I'll switch back and forth. Well, one day, because I wasn't really awake, I was like going away at stuff. And then all of a sudden I realized, wait, wait, did I finish the <laughs> brew? And I look over and it's just sitting there having been blooming for five minutes. All right. And I was just like, ah! <laughs> and I quickly finished it. And then I drank it and I was like, wait a minute. Is that better? <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> and so I've sort of been toying around with it at home, but I don't I, I don't really have a way to side-by-side -side comparison. I mean, I brew on a Kalita Wave, but I have one Kalita Wave. Right. I've, I have one of, like, everything. So I can't, like, hard to side-by-side -side comparison. We decided to do that today. Yep. Uh, because so, we have two Chemexes. So what did we do with it? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a rarity to have two Chemexes. So, I mean, hypothetically, right, what we were saying earlier is that when you let the sugars and the fats have more time with the water, they're going to dissolve more. So, theoretically, you could get a sweeter cup. You know, when you're pulling espresso shots, like, the sweetest mm -hmm. water that comes out of that, or the sweetest espresso water that comes out is towards the end of that extraction. Mm -hmm. You know, the salts and stuff dissolve faster. So, you know, in theory, it would be a sweeter cup, potentially. So, allowing more time for those slower to extract elements to be ready to right. extract. And it barely dripped it? at all through there, right, when we were... Yeah, no. this bloom. I mean, and and we should note that on your on your bloom with the Chemex, you do a stir. So yeah. Oh, that's right. That's up, and we're and you started stirring. I was like, oh shoot, is that going to change things? Because one of the things I was thinking, one of the things I observed when I do this slow bloom on the Kalita wave, and then I start pouring, which we noticed on this, much less gas. Yeah. Much less bubbles, but also uh, there's much more distinct separation between the brewing bed and the water. So I can actually get a really distinct layer hmm. in the Kalita wave where there's like this this like solid brewing bed of the grounds and the water brewing with it and then right. you know water layered on top that's kind of flowing through. Versus if I do it normally, it's a bit more fully integrated into the whole hmm. brewing area if that if you can visualize yeah. what I'm trying to explain, listeners. So I don't know if there's some kind of like compactness happening, kind of like how so for the bloom, it's going to expand out. I mean, it's going to—I mean, it's yeah. going to be expanding out. And I mean, I think that—I uh, don't know. This goes back to the reasons why you do a bloom, also. <laughs> so for me, I use—I I use that agitation. I use our little glass mm -hmm. stir sticks to get make sure all those grounds are wet at the same time to get that process all evenly extracting mm -hmm. at the same time, which is going to that agitation is going to sort of increase the extraction rate. Mm -hmm. I mean, I do that for all of them. I did it on both these cups. I you tried know. that. I should say I tried that on the Kalita Wave. I didn't really notice a difference. I don't think. I need to try it more. It's um, a little weird on the Wave because of the Wave. I also think the whole Chemex, just the size of it too, with the stir stick at the end is mm -hmm. key. So while I'm holding it, I might as well do that at the beginning as well. Um, it helps doing the one-to-one -one ratio for the bloom mm -hmm. when you have a lot of coffee too. You know, when you have 40 grams of coffee. So, so should we tell them what the recipe is? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. To Tell us the... What so, you did for both of these. So this is a, well, first of all, it's a natural process, super fruity Myanmar, which we picked. It also has some really good fudginess in there. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's, you know, those are flavors that are going to be working well for an over-extraction or a bloom. So the first one in the Chemex with the hawk on it, that's our standard brew. So that was a 30-second bloom and four minutes overall, almost yeah. exactly. So four you do one-to-one -one bloom, you stir yep. up to make sure all the grounds yep. are wet. And it was about, actually, it was probably about 35 seconds because of the shuffling between the kettles. But... Yeah, and then the the long extraction was a four-minute bloom. Yeah. And seven and a half minutes total. 
So it was, uh, you know, quite quite different. And we noticed a difference right away. As soon as we started pouring the the main part of the water, pouring it, we, I mean, the Chemex, the first regular Chemex looked normal. You know, there's quite a bit of CO2 and kind of a nice solid mm-hmm. crema colored bloom that continues to rise up to the top and the other one barely had any gases at all yeah it looked like brewed coffee gases floated around the Mm -hmm. edge and you could see it like that clear separation of water and the brewing sort of bed or whatever right so and probably because i had that much more time to release all those gases i would i would assume Uh, Uh, aside from the extra time in the bloom the rest of the brewing was completely identical yep curiously water temperature and everything the longer brute the longer bloom time took longer to drip down. Yeah, that was weird. I mean, we actually had finished that one you first. You finished pouring that yeah. one before the other one, yeah. Yeah. And the other one finished before that one finished. Yeah, that was strange. And uh, I mean, they were pretty close, but still it was... Everything else was pretty identical. Yeah. Uh, same grind size, exact same amount of coffee, same temperature, amount of water, yep. um, same techniques of pouring and everything, stirring. Same, yeah. Um... The only variable we can't account for is potential uh, variations <laughs> in the Chemex filters. Right. Which I've never experienced. No. Ever. Yeah. I mean, most people are pretty exact. Like, most enthusiasts or professionals are pretty exact in the amount of time yeah. that the Chemex takes. So, I would think any very... Like, it was amount of 5 to 10 seconds more to finish, right? Yeah. And it was, or you longer. know... I think it was about, like, 10 to 15 seconds yeah. longer. But we also finished about 10 seconds sooner. So... Actually, it was more like 20, 25 seconds longer. Yeah, which but. is a cra- it would be a crazy difference for a filter variation. Yeah. So, uh, and I don't know if that goes to one of the things that, that I, I kind of observe in the longer bloom with the Kalita is maybe this compaction of the grounds happening. Like, they, A, they have time to release the gas, right. but then they settle. And so maybe, the, maybe that gas is actually keeping the, the grounds a little bit more afloat. Or further apart from each other, or something what? like that, so the water can pass through a little bit quicker. Whereas once it's totally degassed and it does form a more yeah. of a hard bed on there, it makes me think of this is always the in these kind of things the Slayer comes to mind because that's kind of the last time I visited the Slayer. I had a long conversation with Jason and he took me on a tour and he showed me the machines and did like you know the demonstration yeah they their home machines uh certainly i'm sure they can do them on the professional ones they have this setup where you don't even have to tamp the ground the grass. right you just put it in the like you can have a grinder that grinds the amount and then you put it in and you press a button and you can get like perfect espresso right because the idea is that it blooms like and expands and makes its own puck right basically. so exactly it, yeah it sort of blooms like it has an initial amount of water add and then it allows that to contract into the because the puck the puck contraction like the tamping right is part of the pressure in the whole espresso it's not like a pump it's all the pressure it's part of it is how that ground sit in there so i don't know if there's got to be some kind of relation going on there oh yeah um, how the grinds sit with each other okay another variable is the temperature of the coffee that we're actually drinking. Oh, yeah, we didn't, uh, didn't think about that too much. The mugs are different, too. So the mugs are different, but, you know, these are both... We have a little laser thermometer here. Um, one is 104.105, mm-hmm. and this one is 103. Oh, right. So, yeah, totally. so, All this rambling about what we've done, let's talk about the actual coffee itself. It is an amazing difference in these coffees. It's. Uh, I mean, I've been fiddling around with it at home, and I'm astonished at how different these are. Uh, I don't want to say which one I like more yet. I like them both for different reasons. Mm-hmm. So, if I may, uh, the regular one, it's got this nice, like, bright 
fruity acidity to it. Um, it's more on that side of things. I mean, it's got a good level of sweetness. This like like bright and fruity is what what I think of with this one. And I go to the longer one, and it's much deeper and richer. Like mm -hmm. I think more. Uh, I don't want to say like raisins, but more like sugary, like rich sugary fruit versus right. bright fruity. Yeah, kind of a. I mean that's that's yeah it's it's much richer there's a, there's is much more raisin yeah. in it. it doesn't have that like the first one the regular brew is uh, sparkly and, yeah and it doesn't I mean it doesn't have the bright fruitiness of this but this doesn't have the rich sugariness no it's hiding in there a little bit yeah yeah I mean they it's I think it, they're like just two different perspectives of I don't know uh, obviously it's the same coffee. So we can taste the same things in them, but it's a different... But if you handed these to me and didn't tell me about the experiment, I wouldn't say they're the same coffee. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would kick I myself because you can see it now that you know, but I would I would think that, you know, you can tell that maybe they're both naturals. Yeah. You know, but, um, I mean, the long one to me tastes over-extracted in a good way almost. Like, the fudgy sugar flavors have come out, um, but it feels a little kind of murky and... I could see that. I'm wondering if I'm if I'm preferring because I, when I've been doing this at home, I've been liking the longer bloom, and I'm wondering if that's because I have a tendency to enjoy, um, richer, sweeter, like the natural rich sweetness of coffee. So like my ideal coffee is like fudge and strawberries, like Yemen. Right. <laughs> my ideal coffee is a Yemen, but failing. You know, having a really good Yemen, which is impossible to afford. get these days or afford. Yeah. It's it's interesting that, that you can take... I mean, I can manufacture that experience by extending the bloom time. Mm-hmm. You know, depending on the coffee. Right. So I think, you know, it got all the sugars in there. It got yeah. all of that. I mean, it's it's also... I mean, in the fact that it flushed out in the same amount of time as as the other one, too. So it's just that bloom. So it doesn't it doesn't taste like coffee that like that's been sitting in the French press for too long, like no. fully extracted. You know, for yeah. if we if we left a coffee, you know, that'd be another experiment too. Maybe in a French press, if you set it, let it sit for seven and a half minutes before you plunge it, and do that side by side. But to me, that always tastes over extracted and muddy, and you're getting everything out of it. Whereas this is it's you know brought out all the body, and mm -hmm. I think it over extracted the body, but it's a really nice one. Didn't you know? And it still has some good fruit in there. Yeah, I mean, I can taste the fruit in here that I can taste in here. It's just different. Yeah. It's like... Thicker. It's, it's like, like thicker body, syrupy. thicker mouthfeel. Like yeah. if you took this fruit and you made jam out of it, that's kind of what it's like. So very, very interesting. So I prefer the regular method for this coffee. Yeah, I, I can think, see that. I think it's a little bit more defined, has a little bit sharper kind of fruitiness. Also, like you can the, taste that. That, that fruit is it's really, really so nice. so good, yeah. Really, really nice. Uh, I'd be it'd be interesting to play around with a lot of coffees and see if if there are some coffees where it's nicer right having the deeper richness. I'd be versus. curious about like a washed Ethiopian, a real light roast. Mm -hmm. You know, I, and that's the other thing too is I wonder if the bloom theory works better with light roasted coffees since they tend to be harder to extract some of those flavors out because of the denser cell structure versus a darker coffee, a heavier roast. You know, a heavier roast might actually really over extract it. Could um, be. It could also, what you might also find, I, I'm just wondering, because in, in darker roasts, and this is just, I'm totally throwing around some brain hypotheses here. Some of the things I observed with dark roasts is that they can get tastier if they've been sitting around longer. 
Like sometimes I've had dark roast like where they bloom? became more no, just like roasted. Sometimes they become more delicious after a month or two. Which you know, normally that's like right out. Yeah. Uh, but one of my thought processes is that sometimes in dark roast, the acidic aspects of dark roast add a really negative flavor. Mm-hmm. And that maybe if you give those a chance to disappear, then a dark roast can taste a lot better. Maybe. So I would encourage everybody to try this, especially yeah. if you're an advocate, like a, you make pour overs, like it was a regular and you have a good system down, you know, and let it sit. Maybe, maybe the, maybe the four minute bloom is too much. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd be curious at like a one minute versus a 30 second bloom, I think might actually add a little bit of body in there. Um, oh, what I was going to say about Francis, he never started the timer until he was done with the bloom. So he did a one to one ratio and then would let it sit until he felt like the coffee was done blooming. And then he would do a four minute mm-hmm. brew time after that. What I typically do in my blooms, since we're on that topic, I don't usually time my blooms either. I do them visually, and I'll I'll usually do like one to one. I've gotten pretty good, especially with the fellow kettle being able to saturate everything like just one to one without stirring in the Kalita wave. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll observe the coffee blooming, and then it'll you know it'll it'll bloom to its maximum, and then it'll kind of pop, and then it'll settle a little bit, and then it'll kind of do a little bit more of that. As soon as I think it's gone down its last Get that settle, last little burp out of it. That last little settle, yep. yeah, it just goes, Phew. then I'll start pouring. That's kind of how I figure, like, visually just doing the bloom. That's usually 30 to 45 seconds, depending on how fresh the roast is. Yeah. All right, anyways. So, Send us your recipes. I'd yeah. like to hear. Please experiment. Uh, play with your coffee. That's what it's for. Yep. <laughs> All right. Cheers. Cheers. This has been Joseph and Jesse with Coffee Lovers Radio. Thank you for listening, and please subscribe to the show and sign up for the email newsletter. Visit coffeeloversradio.com. There you can listen to our shows, click through to our Patreon page to get expanded show notes and other fun stuff. Coffee Lovers Radio is a partnership between Extracted Magazine and Conduit Coffee. Visit coffeeloversradio.com, say hello, and listen to our after show, The The Third Third Crack. Crack!